Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. Lock it in. Lineup Locked is back. Your go-to for all the trending fantasy football news. As always, we have a three-man booth for you today. I am Zach. We have Lee and Chris. Say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Let's rock and roll. It's go time right now. So first off, just for the people that are listening, we want to give out our Twitter handle so they know where to find us so they can see all the things we trend and talk about. I am at Chew on Sports. Chris, what is your tw- Twitter handle, sir? I am at CTemp03. And Lee, what is yours? At Dynasty Dingo. Nice. Dynasty Dingo. Now, Lee, I've never asked you this question. Why is your Twitter handle at Dynasty Dingo? Yeah, so that, that is a great question, Chris. And I think that I was in Australia studying abroad this past semester. And that was when I really decided to get involved in the fantasy community, and I was like, alliteration's always good, you know, diet dingoes are cute, so I was like, okay, Dynasty Dingo, this would be a perfect name, and it just, it just stuck with me ever since. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, so we'll take it, I, I'll, I, we'll allow it. I was hoping that you didn't get attacked by a dingo, and it made you, it like held you down, and made you make that your Twitter handle, so that's more, that's a little bit more exciting, I think. <laughs> uh, on, uh, on this episode of Lineup Locked, everyone, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to continue our breakdown. Uh, we're trying to do everything we can to make sure by season's launch date and the heaviest of draft times coming into the training camp that we're going to cover and talk about every player possible. Uh, today's breakdown, what we're going to do is wide receivers 11 through 25, and we're also going to cover 13 players that are trending on Roto right now. And we're going to do our normal news and noise segment. So, as always, uh, this this podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. So, I want to read my public service announcement so everybody knows where to find us. This podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. It's our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcast and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. So Lee, uh, you are one of the writers on CreatorRank. Anything in the hopper that you're working on, sir? I haven't started writing this piece yet, but actually I think I'm going to do a piece about Three running backs are going to jump into RB1 tier this year, and then three that will regress and jump out of it. Okay. And Ooh. so that should be a cool little article about kind of who to target in Dynasty if you want to get that next great RB1. And then also um, my rankings should be up on the site soon for Dynasty. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do redraft yet. For now, just focused on Dynasty. Okay. Dynasty. I'd appreciate it if you did a redraft for me so I could steal all your work. <laughs> 
<clears throat> we'll have to see about that. I don't know, Chris. For Chris, maybe. For Chris, maybe. Excellent. Just send me a spreadsheet, buddy. And then obviously, yeah, Creator Rank will tweet that out. It'll be on the website, creatorrank.com. I'll tweet it. Dynasty Dingoes, it's it's going to be all over for our listeners to check out. So before we get into the nitty-gritty uh, fantasy football, I like to laugh and have a good time and just kind of trend and see some some goofy stuff. So I've had a weird addiction to crazy Florida news. So I actually found the top uh, the top Florida stories from 2018. These are the top stories, mind you, from 2018 in Florida. So I'm just going to cover a few with you guys. And feel free to comment and give your commentary over this. So the first one, Florida woman claims wind blew cocaine into her purse. She was on a lot of cocaine. Is that, is that is that even possible? Like, if it was in a bag, no. <laughs> it was. It was definitely in a bag. If it was the powder, I, I could. Yeah, maybe. That, but the bag, no. I mean, no. Wow. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts on that, Lee? You know, I'm just gonna say that's noise. That's <laughs> noise. I just don't think the wind. <laughs> the wind can't do that. I don't think. But you know, maybe we've got some extreme winds nowadays. Maybe she was hanging out with Jack Frost. <laughs> maybe a tornado. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Florida man drunkenly called 911 to report that his wife is a black widow spider. I, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's something right there, you know. I'm not sure what it is, but okay. I think he was hanging out with Homegirl, who uh, said the cocaine blew into her purse, probably. But, but he, he was on something other than cocaine. <laughs> Florida man arrested for DWI. After mistaking his bank for a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. So, home dude is trying to order a Chalupa from his bank, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Florida man accused of groping woman on flight tells authorities that the president says it's okay. We'll just uh, leave that one where it's at. We don't want to get political yeah. here. Woman sues Hamburger Mary's. I'm not familiar. I'm guessing that's like their Whataburger in Florida, I, I guess. Uh, woman sues Hamburger Mary's for $1.5 Said she was injured by a drag queen. Okay. I don't know what that has to do with food, but okay. Maybe she was stealing her food. Uh, Florida man makes beer run with an alligator in hand. Huh? Okay. He does what? He makes a beer run holding an alligator. So literally walked into a convenience store to get beer and was holding an alligator. Jesus. <laughs> Lee, I know you're from Philly. You got anything that crazy that goes on up there? No, we just like like to grease our poles with Crisco so people don't climb up them. That's right? all I've got. And, uh. people, and people still climb them, right? Yeah, people still do it. It's, a, it's very impressive, actually. I'm going to go on a mission this week to, fly, to find other states that have crazy stories because I feel like we're picking on Florida because this is just gold. Florida man tells deputies when he was pulled over, I wasn't drinking while driving. I was only drinking when I was at stop signs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's legit right there. <laughs> Florida man was charged after asking deputies to test... The quality of his meth. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Wow. And last but not least, <laughs> Florida man hid legless fugitive girlfriend in plastic tote. 
I don't even know. I can't even with that, man. His girlfriend is legless, and he hit her in a tote. (laughs) What was he hiding her from? I don't know. I have no clue. I I don't know. Was Mary Poppins coming to clean her away? I don't know. I don't even know what it... I can't even envision a tote big enough to hold a person in it, even if they have legs or not. So She must have been like five, one, and under. Wow. That's... That's hardcore. So, anywho, on to fantasy football now. <laughs> uh, we've got our little uh, a little bit of fix there on some crazy Florida things. Mm-hmm. So, first off, uh, Chris, we are going to do trending in Roto news or noise. So, we've got thirteen players that we've handpicked that we want to talk about that we feel are on the bubble of being fantasy football relevant or are fantasy football relevant. So, Chris, who's number one on our list? All right, let's dig into this list. Trending on Roto, number one is Devontae Freeman. Okay, let's read the Devontae Freeman story, and we will decide if this is news or noise. So, Falcons coach Dan Quinn says Devontae Freeman has looked like himself, in quotation marks, this offseason. So, Lee, we're going to start with you. Is this news or is it noise? I mean, I, I for the most part, I think it's noise. It's good to see that, it's, that he's healthy, and... Um, but ultimately, it, it, it depends on what happens in season, whether he can stay healthy the whole year. Because he's always been a good back when he's been on the field. What do you think, Chris? I I, I kind of agree with Lee. It's just it's just noise. He, he's supposed to look good. He's a, he's an upper echelon running back when healthy, so he's supposed to look good. And if he's healthy, he should look good. So it's just it's just noise. I'm gonna go. It's a little bit of both for me because I think that a lot of people are sleeping on Freeman, and maybe rightfully so. I think that he's a darn good player. I've always been been a fan, and I really do think that for where he's going, and we talked about this last pod, that he is one of those RB2s that will be on, on my target list, especially if I'm drafting in the early third round into the second that I think could kind of kind of fall your way. I, th- I think it could be a, a good a good bet to hedge, so to speak. So that's, that's my thoughts on him. I think that Freeman has the capability of being so, so, so good on a very high offense, and uh, kind of like we talk about Marlon Mack and, and individuals like that who are on high-scoring, uh, potentially high-scoring offenses, we want a piece of that action. Chris, who's next, sir? Next on the list is Ty Montgomery. All right, Ty Montgomery is coming off of strong spring, in quotation marks. Chris, we'll start with you here. What are your thoughts? Is this news, noise? Is it irrelevant? It's. I think it's absolutely irrelevant. Okay. It's Ty Montgomery. He's kind of he was a flash in the, in the pan. He's kind of had his moment. I think he's probably a backup running back at most for the team he's on. The Jets. Yeah, the Jets. And Lee, what are your thoughts on Ty Montgomery and this story? Yeah, it's mostly noise. I mean, Love Bell is the guy there. Obviously, I think that you know it, it, if Bell gets injured, then you kind of look for who's the backup. It might be Montgomery. So maybe if I have a really deep roster, like a thirty man. In a, in a dynasty league, probably for the most part, but um, in a redraft, I have a really deep league, deep bench that I might like target him. But that's about it. Yeah, I think for me, it's going to be noise, but I think it's noteworthy to uh, put him on your scout list. We talked about this last week. Uh, Lev Bell is the guy, and Lev Bell is also extremely good in passing situations. But one thing I want everybody to keep an eye on about Ty Montgomery is let's use Albert Wilson as an example. Uh, Adam Gase came from Miami. And he had a very weird dynamic flow of how he used a lot of players. Albert Wilson wasn't 
fantasy relevant a lot, but there were a few matchups that he certainly was. So in my in my opinion, he could fill in like an Albert Wilson role. He could come in on some running plays, passing plays. I think he will be a quote-unquote weapon at, at times, but certainly maybe if you're in a two-flex league or maybe if you're in a league that has three wide receivers, three flexes, something crazy like that, he's draftable. But I say put it on your scout list and just pay attention to it. They're a deep team now. They have so many wide receivers and running backs on their team. It's going to be hard, really. I mean, really the only three players or are, are four that I'm interested in on the Jets is Darnold, Bell, Robbie Anderson, and possibly Herndon if I'm waiting on tight end. Uh, Chris, who's next? Next on the list is Jalen Samuels. All right. Jalen Samuels focused on speed in offseason. Lee, news or noise? Noise, but just a relevant point to that, to just Jalen Samuels in general, is that we really don't know how the Pittsburgh backfield is going to shake out, especially since they added an NC State guy to, uh, I believe, be the running backs coach, who is Samuels' former coach at NC State. So I I really like he's a guy I've been targeting just because we think Connor's going to be the lead guy, and he probably will, but Samuels definitely earned his role in that offense. Chris, what are your thoughts on Samuels? Uh, I'm kind of a little bit of uh, both for me. Um, if he gets a chance to play, he's go- he's going to be good. But they just, like Lee said, they've got a whole bunch of backs. They've got at least three starting caliber backs on their team. Well, if you paid attention this week, two things happened, uh, or within the last two weeks. There's a report that says it's going to be a committee from Connor himself between uh, Samuel Snell and himself. Uh, that everyone's going to kind of equally share the share the rock, which is not necessarily a terrible thing. It would be a terrible thing for Connor going off of his ADP, but then a beat writer this week said that that's complete noise and that it's Mike Tomlin and the way he does things. It's a bell cow that gets 90% of the carries. But Samuels can play tight end. He was a tight end. He can be a receiver. So I'm on the, the board where he's a weapon, so I think if somebody's a weapon, they might find a way to use him. So if I'm in a PPR league, I think Jalen Samuels is somebody that I'm absolutely targeting. And if you're in a standard league or half point, he's an excellent cuff because you're going to have – the Steelers' offense is always good. And I think that Samuels is a good player. I mean, he was on two of my teams in the Super Bowl for fantasy last year as my flex. So he certainly can give you value if something was to happen to Connor. Who's next? Next is Marquez Valdez Scantling. Okay, I like this guy. By the way, he sounds like a law firm, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, he's got a very complicated name. Yes, he does. So uh, Val Scantling has strong uh, separation rate. He's also been praised as being the number two recently this week as well uh, by some of the coaching staff there. So uh, Chris, we'll start with you. What do you think about him? Would you like me to read the whole story? Possibly? No, 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 no. You don't have to read the whole story. Uh, I mean, anytime you get a guy that can separate, that's that's what you're looking for from a wide receiver first and foremost. It's not so much about speed as if you can beat the man. That's if he's number two, I would say that's uh, that's something right there. That's news. That's noteworthy. Okay. What about you, Lee? Yeah, I think for between him and Geronimo Allison, it looks like he'll be on the outside and Geronimo will be in the slot. So it just kind of depends on who Rogers latches onto as that number two guy. Um, I'll take shots at both of them. Like, I think they're around the same ADP. I'll yeah. I'll take the cheaper guy, honestly. I don't disagree with that. I think Allison, I think what you should probably expect from Allison is a little bit of Randall Cobb. 
I, I think some of the looks and maybe even some production. Now, he clearly has injury history, but I don't know what it is. For some reason, when players bet on themselves and sign one-year deals, they find a way to be healthy. So for me, I, I like both players, and they're certainly, for wherever they're falling ADP-wise, they both could be a steal. It's Either one, for our listeners, is 100% worth a pick. Well, you also got to think about, they also have Equinemius St. Brown. And two tight ends. And running, I mean, they're they're loaded, man. And Aaron Rodgers is their QB. So. Well, Aaron Rodgers will be hurt by week five. <laughs> well, hopefully not for Packer fans. Well, just go back to the past a, couple years. A so spade is a spade as far as injuries go. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. I think uh, I think red zone-wise, I think uh, Scantling has the biggest upsides of the red zone. He's just big. I think, I think that he could really be a dynamic weapon, and I think that's what's going to hurt Jimmy Graham even more this season is Devontae Adams is phenomenal anyway in the red zone, and I think, if anything, Scantling is going to be a, a touchdown machine. Who is next? Tariq Cohen. All right. So Tariq Cohen doesn't expect his role to change. News or noise, Lee? I think news, actually. I'm actually on Twitter right now, kind of like seeing if there's any new important tweets out there. Okay. And Brad Evans literally just talked about this quote like three minutes ago he tweeted. And he's he's a guy I like in the industry. And... He thinks that means really good things for David Montgomery, actually. Right. In that, you know, Howard had 270 touches the past, the last year or two years ago, and so if Cohen's role is going to stay the same, then it looks like a lot of that work could be going to Montgomery and a little bit of Mike Davis. So it looks good for Montgomery, actually. I was thinking the same thing. What do you think, Chris? I think it's news. I mean, uh, you got two running backs that can get two and a carries apiece. That's that's less throws Trubisky's got to make. And he, Trubisky had a good breakout year. He's still young, though. So I'm trying to keep the ball out of his hands. I don't want to throw it 50 times a game. So that's news if I got two running backs, especially with Cohen's ability. And I also, I'm also a big fan of Brad Evans from Yahoo, Yahoo Noise. Uh, I think that he just has great opinions and, and good takes, too. And he is one of the fantasy guys, him and uh, Graham Barfield, actually, from NFL.com are two of the individuals that are toting Montgomery so hard. And uh, I am certainly on the Montgomery train as well, and I think this is news for both players. Once again, Mike Davis is going to be there. He is going to have play, but Mike Davis is also a jag, just a guy. So he's going to be there. I don't know if it's going to be him starting the year, him on third downs, him in goal. We, we don't know what it's going to look like until we start to see a little bit of action in the preseason. But this is good because, like you said, Lee, this means that that 200-something carries Montgomery is going to be close there. And if Cohen is still getting the same kind of production as last season, absolutely sign me up, right? The only thing that the only question I have about Cohen is because he was so good last year, is his draft price going to be too high for me? And uh, we'll know, I guess, as we get closer to ADP and draft times, really kind of what's going on with him. But that's certainly news because he's a very fantasy-relevant player and looks like he will continue to be. Chris, who is next, sir? Next on the list is Chase Edmonds, running back, Arizona Cardinals. Okay, this is a fun one. Kingsbury expects nice roll for the backup running back, Edmonds. Chris. Uh, yeah, I could care less until I see it. See it. I don't care what the coach... It's noise. It's coach speak. It's all it is. It's coach speak to me. Lee, what are your thoughts? Oh, this is tough. I, I went back and forth to this one when I saw it. I think it's news, actually. 
because I think the assumption kind of was, oh, it's going to be David Johnson again. He's going to get, you know, 80% of the touches, 90% of the touches. I thought Edmonds looked good last year. Like, I think that he looks he, – David Johnson's obviously a different type of runner, but I think when Edmonds was out on the field, he was just explosive and he looked good last year. So I think he earned a role, and, you know, I could see more of a 70-30, 65-35 split with David Johnson get where he gets more work. I think it's news in the sense that it makes him 100% in the handcuff situation. Uh, obviously, if you're not getting high upside guys, you target. I think that if you get David Johnson, there has been injuries there. I think that Chase Edmonds would be targetable. I think that he will have some PPR upside, possibly, um, as far as a flex play goes. But it's uh, kind of a wait and see for me. I do like the name, and I do think he does have talent, and I'm intrigued to see everything. I mean, if they're wanting to do as many plays as they're talking about, that's a lot of hurry-up. So, Lee, if Chase Edmonds comes in on first down and relief of David Johnson, there's a chance he's there the whole drive, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I think. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, who's next, Chris? Matt Stafford. All right, so let's do this. Matt Stafford played through broken bones in his back last season. That, so that's 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 news, obviously. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you could say that's not news. I mean, he that's stupid. Well, this is why this is why I brought it up, Lee. Would you agree that's news too? Like like both of us. Yeah, it's news, but it's noise. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. I I think. What do you think that means? Does that mean we're that, like for you, Matt Stafford had a okay fantasy year. If you drafted him where his ADP was, you certainly aren't disappointed in the production he gave you. In my opinion, it wasn't noteworthy, but you really didn't pay a, a hefty price for him. Is it? Is it a? Can he knock on the door being a top ten, top twelve? Can he be a QB one this year? Oh, well, every year of his career before that, he was. But the the real question you have to ask yourselves that nobody has the answer to is. When did he break the bones in his back? Yeah, it might have been week two. Uh, he got hammered. Uh, who knows? That's man. the that's the real question. To that's what really what we need to know is when did he hurt it? Because then you then you'll know what happened. If he this is the reason why he wasn't any good last year, or if he just had a down year. Right, for sure. All right, who's next? Next is Debo. Well, wait, wait, before you guys go on, just one more point. Okay. About that is. Daryl Bevel's there at the OC now, and I don't know, I think this, I, I actually do think this marks the change of the Matt Stafford era, whereas he was always he was always in the contention for a top like QB1 because of the fact that he would get that volume. They didn't really have a good runner, never, no one ever eclipsed over 100 yards, so they would just be passing the ball nonstop. I think that it, the time is over for Stafford as a, a QB1, well, personally. I, I think they're going to commit to the run. you got to remember, a couple years ago, he had... Two running backs that both had 500 receiving yards and 500 rushing yards. I mean, that's a thousand thousand right there from the running back position. He had the ability. I mean, I know a thousand rushing yards isn't a lot, but you know. Yeah, had, I just think it'll be pure pure runs this time around, like closer to a 50-50 split than we've ever seen in his career. Especially with I'm a big fan of carry on. C.J. Anderson showed that he still got some some of it. Uh, he can still plays. So it's just I think that they're going to commit a lot more than they have in the past, and you know we might see the. Not see that QB one production maybe that Matt Stafford has had as a sleeper in the past. For sure. Well, he's his ADP suggests that he's not going to be right where he's ranked. Suggests that he's going to be outside. Is 
are we going with more upside guys? If we're talking to our listeners right now, obviously, and telling them what they should target, if Matt Stafford's available in the 12th round and you are you have one quarterback that don't have one yet, are you going with the guys around him? Or are you going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a flyer on him because he has the ability to be there. I'll take a flyer on, flyer on him in the 12th. Would you, Lee? Or would you go for some, somebody else? I like, just want to see. I'm trying to see who's there right now. Okay. But yeah, right around him, there's like Darnold's right before him. I'd definitely take Darnold over him. Carr right after him, I'm not as sure about. So, yeah, basically Stafford, he's QB 24 in these ranks. So you really shouldn't have to take him like in any draft, actually, unless he's a backup if you want it. Right. But I'd prefer Darnold. And then, yeah, that's about it, honestly. Okay. This list. All right, who's next? Next is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel already projected as the number two receiver. That's early. So is this news or noise? Uh, I mean, I guess it's I guess it's news. I mean, it's not a surprise. I mean, he got drafted early, so you know. Here, I'll read the article for you guys. The Athletics Matt Barrows projects Debo Samuel as the 49ers' number two starting Z receiver. This is in line with what NBC Bay Area's Matt. Masiato predicted immediately following Samuel's selection at number 36. Barrows expects Dante Pettis to be the number one X, given the Niners as extremely young starting tandem, or giving the Niners an extremely young starting tandem. It will be a risk-reward proposition for a team hoping to finally get a full season of play from Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Lee, is this news or noise for you with Debo? And almost any time that a beat reporter makes a prediction, it's new. It's on noise for me, just okay. because I think that I like a lot. I like a lot more when a beat writer beat writer sees someone is producing like extremely well, like someone's dominating practice. They actually see Debo Samuel working with the first team. So I don't know. It's it's a lot. It's noise to me. I'll just point out that I really like Dante Pettis this year because coaches and players have talked about him and how he's he's gotten stronger, bigger, faster better route runner, and I think he's the guy to target, you know, because he still has a depressed value in the market right now. Oh, absolutely. I've been uh, banging the table for Pettis for a few weeks now, saying that if you start running back heavy, if that's the way the draft flows to you, he absolutely would be a fine wide receiver one or wide receiver two in a situation like that. And I'm with you, and they still have good one, right? Mark, is, is it? Marquis Goodwood, yeah. He's still yeah there. So, I mean, they have all three, and, they have, and then they have Taylor, who is well? Who's the the Wes Welker type receiver? They got hurt. So they have a lot of they have a lot of weapons, and then who knows what they're doing with all their running backs, right? So I I want to see him and impress me during the preseason, and you will get on my list. Obviously, Debo is one of those guys that I am probably if he has the capability to be a starting receiver in a Mike Shanahan offense, I'm probably taking as one of my late round flyers if I can, but I, I want to see it first. That's my thoughts. Chris, who's next? Next is Dante Moncrief. All right. Now, this is an interesting one. Dante Moncrief, the quote-unquote slam dunk number two wide receiver. For his team? Yes. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is the slam dunk. Not, not, Not Nate Washington. James Washington. Or James Washington, excuse me. Uh, not the rookie that they got there. It's Dante Moncrief. So he's got an injury history. He's flashed with the Colts in the past. Didn't really do much with the Jags last year. Lee, we'll start with you on Dante Moncrief. What do you What do you got? 
Yeah, well, my first question, who, who said it exactly? Uh, I'll read it to you right now. Uh, the Athletics, Mark Caboli writes, Dante Moncrief looks like a slam dunk number two receiver. After watching the free agent edition in the spring, he believes Moncrief easily looks like a 50 or 60 catch guy with five or six touchdowns. The receiver also earned praise from Big Ben, who talked at Moncrief's work ethic and knowledge of the offense. It is still possible James Washington or Deontay Johnson make their case in camp, but things are looking good for Moncrief right now, making him a nice value pick in the double-digit rounds. See, uh, this is like the kind of report I liked. Okay. Like as opposed to the Debo report where he didn't really back it up. He kind of just said, I can see Debo because of the draft capital or whatever. But this is like, Moncrief is a great in practice. Like coaches and players have talked him up. But this is the kind of sleeper that I want to take for sure on my team, especially the previous success of Big Ben and, and wide receiver twos. So I'm all in. This is all, this is all news for me. What do you think, Chris? News? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's, you know, they're talking them up early preseason. Maybe ben, Big Ben's trying to be a little bit different than what he has been in the past where his teammates don't really like him. Um, it could just be for show, but, you know, there could be something behind it too. Well, I think – I think it's news because a lot of people aren't talking about him. And because of this report, people are now. So I'm out on him. And not because I don't like him. And not because I don't think he can't be good. I think that his ADP is going to significantly drive up now because of this report. And it's going to be too rich for my blood for what I've seen him do. Uh, I've seen him be good. And I've seen him be injury prone. That being said, if he's still a ninth, 10th, or 11th pick when it's training camp time, he's certainly worth the value there. But if he's going in the 6th, 7th, or 8th, I'm probably passing and going somewhere else, and I'm probably going with one of the younger guys for more upside because all this is going to do for Washington and Johnson is push their value down as people see him as being the potential guy there. So that that's my thoughts. Lee, do you agree with that, disagree, or do you think that Moncrief is probably who our listeners should invest their draft stock into? Yeah, I think you made like, a lot of great points there. Whenever um, we're talking about offseason, you know, the reporters talking or Roto World updates and everything, I always try to, you know, listen with kind of with, I want to listen for the guy, the, the late round guys who, you know, Tyler Eifert a couple, like, few years ago, like, dominating practice. Like, okay, like, you know, his price might go up a little bit after this report, but, you know, I can still get him in the 12th or 13th. And as opposed to if Moncrief jumps up to the sixth round, I won't touch him. But if he stays around, you know, 10, 11, you know, I'm going I'm to go for that. Well, yeah, because there might be. I mean, look at how the report I, I saw on Twitter is that no receiver of Big Ben has been lower than wide receiver 36 as number two in the last, like, seven years. So you've got Juju, who was borderline top 12 all year last year, if not right? With Antonio Brown. So what people see when they hear this is they like, okay, all right, this guy could be, you know, this guy could give me a a portion of what Juju brought me. So I think that his price is going to drive way up because of this. And people are only going to talk about it more. And that's, that's the problem. You know, think about when Joe Mixon was a rookie a few years ago. He went from being like a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick Two in the second and third round for some people uh, because of all the talk going on in camp about him. And obviously Marvin Lewis didn't even really utilize him in the run game like he should until like week seven, eight, or nine, I think. So 
the talk is the talk is a thing, and it's something our listeners need to pay attention to because that could win you your league if if people are investing too much. But if it's true, that's that's also a darn good thing, right? So it's just about what's the cost and what's the value. Chris, who's next? James Connor. All right, beat writer not buying the backfield split in Pittsburgh. Well, this kind of ties into the uh, Jalen Samuels thing we talked to we talked about earlier. So is it news or noise for you? I uh, I think it's you know Mike Tom like you said Mike Tomlin has a history of this is my workhorse this is gonna go but I also don't think he's had this many good running backs. Okay. I think you need to be able to split it up. I I think I think it's both. I mean I think it depends on I think it's a game by game situation for these running backs. If James Conner goes in there and he's getting six yards to carry and the other guys come in and you're only getting two or three, I think you got to keep giving Conner the ball. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I don't know. The last report was Connor said that Samuels would be involved, or what was the last was that the last one? See, this is noise for me, and I'll explain to you why, and then and then I, it'll help you with with uh, what uh, the confusion I think a little bit. Connor physically said himself that they're all going to carry the load together, like after practice. They talked to him, and that is his quote from James Connor, the player, that we are all going to share this equally. So, this is a beat writer predicting, saying he's not buying it. Exactly. That's like the whole distinction I've been trying to make Yeah, for this this podcast, basically. Is, yeah, like if, if a beer reporter predicts it, based off like, no coach speak, no player saying anything, it just seems like they're just fishing for news, like clickbait. When a, like, a, a player says it or a coach says it, it's a lot more real to me. Or if like the beat writer observes something. You know, observes, like, oh, well, this guy's dominating practice, things like that. Right. I, I agree with you. That's why I think that it's noise, because I think that Connor's a fine player. I am out on his ADP. I will not own any shares of him, because he will go way too high for me. I'm a Samuels buyer truther, and I just think that it is going to be uh, a shared backfield, is what I think. I know we haven't seen it, but that's just the way I feel. Chris, who's next after Connor? Ronald Jones. All right. Ronald Jones. Ew! Okay. Ronald Jones wants to get on the right track. It would have been tough for Jones' rookie season to go any worse, but he's earned nothing but praise from the new coaching staff and his teammates this offseason. News or noise, Lee, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think the the biggest part is the praise part, not the, like, he wants to be better or whatever. I think that there really isn't a, a back there that's any good. And I think that there's some opportunities, so I'll, I'll scoop him up late in drafts just because I think that he could end up being the lead guy there. And from what I've heard, he actually does look a lot better than he did in the past. So, What do you think, Chris? I'm scared of any running back that's in Tampa Bay. Um, the kid had high hopes coming out of USC. Uh, he just had a horrible year. Yeah. I mean, that was the worst. Uh, that might be one of the worst years I've ever seen by a rookie running back with that potential of upside. Um, you know, people are talking him up and all that, so that's so that's a good thing. I'm just I'm just afraid of even touching that guy. Well, I get that, and for me, this is news. And the reason why is because no one's gonna. This is one of the guys that people could talk about, and he'll be there'll be like one savvy owner, maybe two per league, that are like, I'm gonna target him. So this is a guy where I think I'm gonna get a couple shares of in my leagues, and. He could potentially be uh, one of better flex plays because Peyton Barber, while 
can be good is just the guy, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that Ronald Jones isn't, but I'm saying people will be drafting Peyton Barber. And Ronald Jones could almost be Marlon Mack-like as far as forgot about, drafted late, and could give you the value. So uh, I'm with Lee. I'm I'm a buyer on Jones for what I see trending on his ADP. I mean, he's going... So late in drafts, and maybe a lot of talk drives it up. I don't know. You know, we never know. We don't, there's not it's not enough data, unfortunately, to really kind of gauge these things until really we get to the heart of July. All right, who's next, Chris? Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews looks bigger, stronger, and faster. News or noise, Chris? Uh, I guess it's news. I mean, if he's looking better overall, I mean that's that's got to be a good thing for. His playability, but just because he looks bigger, stronger, and faster doesn't mean anything. That it doesn't mean it's going to translate onto the field. What do you think, Lee? I'm avoiding the Ravens tight ends. They've got like four of them. And <laughs> yeah. I can't to pinpoint which one is the starter. But one thing to note is that Andrews did was the the main target, the favorite target of Lamar Jackson last year. So he is someone to keep an eye on just in case Lamar's improved as a passer, and you know he keeps targeting Andrews. They did, and I'm pretty sure this is the same report that was Hayden Hurst like two weeks ago, that he's exactly. stronger, bigger, faster. So I'm going noise. Uh, it's his second year, right? So naturally you're going to be continuing to work out better, be better. So I'm, I'm going noise, and I'm like you. I think that Andrews might be the guy that kind of, if if I'm waiting on tight end, he's, he might be the one that has more value because he's, or not, more more cost, excuse me. So Hurst might be my flyer if I'm really living dangerously, I think. But I think I might be I might be avoiding them, them as well, just like you said. Who's next, Chris? Next on the list is good old wordy, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, okay. So new GM, Robbie Anderson is a pleasant surprise. Okay. Is this news or noise, Lee? <laughs> Uh, this report doesn't like really have any bearing on how I was valuing Robbie Anderson, so probably noise. But I'll just say like I'm getting Anderson everywhere I can. Like I think I think it's like you know we predict the Sam Darnold breakout, so he's got to have a wide receiver one with him. Right. Anderson flashed the most. I think he's going to be a, a middle end wide receiver two this year. Actually, I agree a thousand a thousand percent with you, Lee. Darnold's got somebody has to throw the ball to somebody, and why not Robbie Anderson? And exactly. I, and you know what? You know, I just mentioned Pettis. If I'm going to be crazy and I'm going to draft three running backs to start, so if I'm going to start my draft and say I'm going to go running back, running back, and I'm in a one-flex league, I'm going running back again, and if you can do Robbie Anderson and Pettis as your wide receiver one and two right after that, holy smokes, you could you could really be on to something. And ADP suggests you can do just that right now because he's being drafted as a wide receiver Early wide receiver three, fringe back in wide receiver two is where Anderson's going on uh, ADP right now. So, Lee, would you be crazy for doing a build like that if you're if you're drafting? No, I think that it, I, I like to play based on my league. There's like a couple leagues that I'm in that are just super, all we value running backs heavily. So I actually like to strangle them. I'll strangle the running backs, and then I'll get those late guys, you know, like Robbie Anderson, and, and I, I'll really – um. I'll capitalize on that, so it's a great strategy, I think. Yeah, I like it. I, I think that there's going to be at least one league that I just try to do the build because I'm in so many that I just 
just throw throw caution to the wind, I, I think. But it is best to always play what's there because obviously if you're if you have the second pick and you go Christian McCaffrey, Kamara, fill in the blank, and it comes back to you and Juju's there, you're probably taking Juju over the running back that's available more than likely, right? And then when you go back, so it, it, you don't want to be married to anything, just like Lee said, but certainly it's not a bad idea to, to watch who's available. Look, if you're if it, you're not picking again for 10 picks, look and see who's available in the next 10 to 12 range. And if you'd be okay with one of those guys, or if you need to do this or do that. I'm a big, you know, we talked about last week, we were doing our running back breakdown about how I just didn't like a grouping of eight running backs. And I'd rather either take a receiver or just reach for Montgomery at that point, which I think when it's over said and done with Montgomery's ADP is going to be very mix and like, and he'll be going higher than those guys anyway. So that's trending in Roto uh, for this week. We're going to get into wide receiver talk right now. Is that good with you, fellas? No, absolutely not. No. Never do it. We need to think of something else to talk about. So this is on Fantasy Pros, and it's going to be half-point PPR. Boom. We're going to cover 11 through 25. Number 11 is A.J. Green. So I'm going to say that A.J. is being slept on a little bit. 11 doesn't seem like it's a bad value. It doesn't seem like it's too high, too low, or anything, but it seems kind of like people are just kind of passing on A.J. Green. I think they're worried about his injury history. Okay. What do uh, you think, Lee? Yeah, I mean, I I agree that people are worried about his injury history. I think that whenever he's been, whenever he's been on the field, he's been a top seven wide receiver at worst. So I think he's a little too low here. I think there are concerns, obviously. But I think that I'm going to draft him at that price. I mean, T.Y. Hilton and Keenan Allen are the only two above him that I think are probably. I know. I know we're only talking about the top. We're going 11-25, but I think. No, that's fine. I think AJ should jump those two. I think AJ should be number nine overall, off off the list of receivers in front of him. So Chris thinks too low. Lee and I are saying it's 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 about because Keenan Allen has question marks as well. He's got the injury, same injury problem. I mean, as well. and then T.Y. I. Man, I don't know with Ty. Ty can be so darn good, or he's, or he's quiet. I don't. I think I've owned Ty once. I've never owned Ty. What about you, Lee? Yeah, I like. I love Ty, and I think he should be productive again. Actually, so but I, I think I'd take AJ over him. Like for me, it'd be like he'd be right. AJ Green would be right in the range of like AB and Evans. He's probably right after Evans for me, like at number nine. All right. I don't look at the same rankings, but okay. I guess it's nine for me. So the next receiver, obviously, Chris and I are high on. Uh, we are Dallas fans, and we admit to the listeners that we are Dallas Cowboy fans. So Lee, we'll start with your opinion on Amari Cooper. He's ranked twelfth. Yeah, I think I would have Diggs ahead of him, and that's about that's probably about it. Chris, uh, I mean, I can't be angry about Diggs jumping up over him. Uh, I mean, Cooper. Cooper's only had 1,000-yard – did he have a 1,000-yard season last year overall? Yes. So he's had 2,000-yard receive seasons in four years, going to his fifth, new team, new offense. Uh, Diggs – Diggs is just elite. I think, I think you know, the wide, whole wide receiver thing is I think you have 15 elite wide, wide receivers in this league right now, if not more. I'm taking – man, and, and this is hard for me because I like Diggs more than I like Thielen. 
I go Cooper over Diggs just for one reason, and that's that Diggs has missed, what, two games at minimum each year that he's been around. He's got a real small frame. And that doesn't mean that he's not going to be phenomenal. I think Diggs is great. But when I when I see it, I just feel like the guy could be broken in half at any moment. And I just, if if I think I go Cooper just slightly above Diggs. But then it's it's so, so, so very close. And I would be pumped to own either, honestly. But if I'm drafting and both guys are there, I'm taking Cooper first. So I agree with 12. At 13, we have Adam Thielen. Chris, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Thielen? I think Thielen's Thielen is just a great wide receiver. He's really, really good. He's consistent. Such a good route runner, man. Yeah, he's always open. He's. I think. I think he's. You know, for for the wide receivers that we're talking about in front of him, I think he's exactly where he needs to be. I mean, I I, I wouldn't be mad at you if you drafted him before a couple a couple guys, but I think he's right where he needs to be. You know, second round, uh, early third round wide receiver. So would you put him, you said you put Diggs above him though, right? Mm-hmm. So you're thinking he's just a little bit too high? Just a little bit? Just a smidge? Um, or would you draft him over Cooper? Uh, I don't I don't know. That's hard. That's a hard question. I mean, you got Thielen and Diggs on the same team. Cooper, Cooper's the main guy in Dallas. So I think better, you with Cooper full year in Dallas, you might get a better overall value for Cooper than you would for the, one of those two guys having to split catches. What do you think, Lee, on Thielen? What are your thoughts? I just, I'm a little bit worried. I like him a lot, and I think he was a, you know, he was obviously a world beater the first seven weeks of the season or whatever. Right. I just worry that his age is finally getting to him, and that you know that that decline in production at the end of the season is going to look like a, a decline in production for the rest of his career. So I'm a little worried about that. But in redraft, obviously, I think he's still a top 15 guy for sure because his ability to get open and just the rapport with Kirk Cousins. So. He's, he's only 28. Well, I like Thielen, and that does worry me that he did fall. Uh, the end of the season, his production dipped off. If I'm if I'm, if I'm I'm drafting in a redraft league, which is what we talk about here, I'm looking at the fact that I've got Diggs that I would take over Thielen, Brandon Cooks I would take over Thielen, and I, I would take... Ah, man, if you're holding a gun to my head, I might even go Edelman over him. I think when it comes to Robert Woods, that 17 range, I think that is where I would take Thielen over Woods. So, at 14, we have Diggs. And I think all of us are in agreement that this is too this is too low for him. He should be a little bit higher. Is that is that um, a yay? You know, we keep talking, we keep we keep going back and forth on these guys. You know, I basically you I basically bet you could take 11, 12, 13, 14. 15, uh, I, I don't put Edelman in that case for me. I know he's got Tom Brady and all that. Uh, but I think you could take those five wide receivers right there and basically group them and say, take your pick. Well, that's why they're all together. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you look at their ADPs and all that, I mean, Green's 11.4, Cooper's 11.9, Thielen and Diggs are 12.7, 13.9. Cooks is the biggest drop-off at 16.6 for their ADPs. I mean, I... I think Diggs is I like I said I'm taking man I'm taking AJ and Amari and then Diggs so I would have Diggs as my number thirteen so he's probably a he's right around where he needs to be a spot too low for me personally what what are your thoughts Lee on this yeah, I, I think he'd be at twelve for me 
just he's just an elite separator, like elite route runner, elite red zone. He's elite everything. He he gets injured, but he only missed a few games. He only missed one last year, actually. Okay. So he's he's just when he plays, just the top town. All right, Brandon Cooks, who ADP sixteen point seven is what I'm looking at right here. I think he's right on the money. Really, what do you what are your thoughts, Lee? Yeah, he's the tier break for me right there. And I, I don't know. It's like I have Cooks in a league, and I love him. He's almost like everyone always digs him for um, for being inconsistent, but he's actually just too safe. Like you know he's going to finish 9-13 to 13 every single year without fail. And I've been trying to package him with other guys to move up and get like an elite guy. But no one just seems to value him, which is fine. Like I'll keep him in my flex in that league, and he'll, get, he'll be the wide receiver 10 or 12. So it's fine with me, but it's just, he's too safe. Yeah, right on the money. And I agree. If you want a receiver that's going to give you consistent value every single week, like he might not be the wide receiver one, but he's not going to be, he's not going to dip into wide receiver 30 territory any week. I, I think it's Cooks, man. What do you think, Chris? I mean, shoot, the guy had 80 catches, 1,200 yards, and five touchdowns last year. I mean, if you're getting, if you're getting him as your wide receiver two at 16 right there, you, you won. That's that's a like Lee said. That's too safe of a pick not to take. And with and he's just going to be even better with cutback. Yes, and and Woods again too. So just all three. I I'm, I like all three guys. So we've got Julian Edelman at number sixteen. So I'm a youther, and I think most of us agree that we are. But he is a PPR monster. What are our thoughts on Julian Edelman above all the guys that he's above at number sixteen? Are we passing on him? Or is it just right, Lee? I actually, like, looking at it right now, and this is completely different from my, obviously from Dynasty, so it's a little bit of a different view for me. I, he kind of looks like he's in a perfect spot for me. I think that, so. That top receiver, and they, uh, even though he's in the slot, he'll get a ton of targets with Brady. You know, Nikhil Harry might still need a year. Josh Gordon might not play. No Gronk. It kind of seems like he's just going to eat up targets. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, yeah. Chris. I, as much as I make to hate, admit to hate it, I I agree. He's he's exactly where he needs to be. I, you know, he's a guy that I target every year trying to get, and I'm mad when I don't get him because he he's just going to get a ton of catches. Well, look at the names. Not to not to ruin the next few names we mentioned, but you've got Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Alshon Jeffrey, Sammy Watkins, DJ Moore. I think he has the I think he has the most sexy floor of all of them. Right? And I know we're not thinking you're not wanting to think as your wide receiver one or wide receiver two floor necessarily. You want to think upside as well. But you can almost pencil him in for five catches every single week, period, right guys? Yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. And I don't know if we can say the same for all of that group. So I, I like it. I think it's I think it's very, very good. So we've got Robert Woods who was a phenomenal wide receiver two last year at number 17. So it's going as a wide receiver two. And is this the guy you're targeting, Chris? Do you like Woods? Uh, I like Woods, but I'd probably take Galladay before him. Or Galladay, excuse me, before Woods. So, you know, I think the, you flip those two. You might even add, I might even take Cup before him. So I might slide him from 17 to 19 take Galladay or Cup before him. What do you think, Lee? I'm definitely monitoring Cooper Cup status before I make any decision on Woods in a draft. 
for, for redraft especially. I just think that the Rams are bound to regress a little bit. You know, teams might start to figure out golf. Um, McVay's great, but, you know, all, all coaches regress at some point. And I think that, for me, it's Coop is the guy I want in that offense for the future. But if, if he's not healthy this year, then I think, you know, the one-two punch of Cooks and, and Woods definitely is solid. All right, we've got Kenny Galladay at number 18. He's the wide receiver one in Detroit and uh, had a great year. And uh, he could even surge and be better. Uh, last year was year two, right, guys? Yeah. Year three so, is usually when they break out. So he's at number 18. I, I'm i saying if he's – I like the spot. I think you might be able to move him up one or two spots, but I think the spot's good. But he might be someone I'm for sure taking a, a, a gamble on because he can give you wide receiver one value for where he's at. So, Lee, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I love I love get Kenny Galladay as a prospect, and I think that if he's the true number one, and if he gets the targets, you know, he should produce. So I think that's probably a good spot for him right there. I I agree with both of you guys. I mean, you got to you got to monitor him because of just the fact he is the number one wide receiver in Detroit. That says something right there. That's value. You got you got to at least look at him. Cooper Cup, the football nerd, number nineteen. What are our thoughts on number 19? Let's start with you, Chris, for Cooper Cup. I mean, we've been talking about the guy for the last five minutes. If you got the ability to get him, I mean, you gotta, you got to pay attention to how he looks coming off the knee injury. So hopefully your draft isn't until the last week of preseason. Will he play in the preseason? He needs to. But will he? I mean, we, he needs to. We, we, we all agree Todd Gurley's not going to touch the field in the preseason, is he? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't put them out there. What do you think, Lee? Are we going to kind of have unknown with Cooper Cup because they're going to make sure that they don't put him in a situation, or do you think they'll play him in the preseason? Well, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of unknown. I know we've seen like the past couple of years at least. There's been a decent amount of compensation issue, um, injuries because of ACLs, like when they rushed Dalvin back, and then with with Wentz. So I think they're going to try to be as safe as they can with him. Well, so I don't know. report is on a. Uh, Per Sean McVay, Cooper Cup is on track for training camp. That's good. So, and that's about it. That's that's about it. I mean, if he's on track for training camp, he's getting at least one game out of. I'm getting him out there for one game. He's gonna have to. I'd rather him get that one game out of the way in the preseason. You know, just one series or something like that. You know, letting him know that he can take a hit and all that stuff. So you need to. You need to. They need to see what they've got with them. See, I'm torn, guys, because I think he's too high at 19, but I would draft him over. I think almost everyone who's ranked under the next six or seven. So I'm going to go. It's just right, and I just I I think I'm fading to a running back or or somebody like that if I'm drafting. But that's just my thought. So Tyler Lock, or I'm sorry, Chris Chris Godwin is number twenty, and Lee has written an article about fading him, and it's too high. So I know what Lee's opinion is. I, I'm assuming that's still the same, right, Lee? Yeah, just get him out of there. I mean, I don't want him in my top twenty-four. I like these other guys. Sorry. I agree. Lee convinced me when he wrote that article. He's yeah. smarter than I am. Yeah, I like Godwin, but not for that price, man. Not I mean, you're drafting him in the top 40 in in football right now. Of, of every, no. That just it's it's not 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 working for me, man. Not a thing. Let somebody else let somebody else deal with it and if you're wrong, you're wrong, man. You'll get somebody of value for listening to our podcast enough. Uh Tyler Lockett who really, really came on last year is number 21. 
What are our thoughts on Tyler Lockett? Uh, Tyler Lockett, to me, has always been more of a, a hit-or-miss guy. Okay. He's big play potential. He's he's Russell scrambling out of the pocket guy. I mean, that's all Lockett's ever been to me. Um, I don't I don't like him there. I think he's too high. I mean, I'm I'm taking uh, plenty of other people before him. I just don't like Lockett that much. Lee, what are your thoughts on Tyler Lockett? I think he's too low, and I actually I read a great article by Mike Tagley there of Fantasy Pros. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw it. It's, I did. Um, I did read it because I like Tyler Lockett. And I thought it was a great article, and it and it proved how important. And it kind of you know said some good things about. It looks good for Chris Godwin also, but I think that also it's it has a lot of good in store for Tyler Lockett, just because a slot target is more important, is more valuable in fantasy than a. Basically, the article was that a slot target is more valuable in fantasy than a non-slot target, and when you get a really good receiver in there. You know, it, it provides a lot of problems. Like you saw it with Doug Baldwin there. And all reports out of uh, Seattle are that Lockett's going to move in there. So I think that he should see more targets than he's ever seen, but he should still maintain the same average depth of target. So I think he could fall into like the middle, like kind of where he fell this year, with more product, like more targets and less yardage maybe, <laughs> like around 17. Well, you've seen the data. And the data on Tyler Lockett is that all he does is catch third down passes from Russell Wilson and the target share percentage of completion is the highest in the league. So when Russell Wilson throws to Tyler Lockett, there's a bigger completion percentage than any other wide receiver in the NFL last year, period. So I'm a buyer at this ADP because you're looking at Alshon Jeffrey, DJ Moore, Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin. I like him over all of them. And if this is my wide receiver too, or heck, my wide receiver one that I'm about to pair with Robbie Anderson or Pettis when it comes back to me, I'm I'm liking what I just put together. So we've got a 22 Alshon Jeffrey. I am not a fan. Lee, you are in Philly, so we'll start with you. So you might have a little bit more no than than I do. What do you think <laughs> about Alshon Jeffrey at 22? I think that. Oh, this is hard to say, but I think he's too high. I just, I think Carson will return closer to MVP levels than to rookie season levels or even last season levels because I think he's a great quarterback and he should be healthy. But there's just there's just a decent amount of weapons on that team, especially with you know we draft we literally drafted Alshon Jeffrey 2.0 and JJ Arcega Whiteside. Right. So I think they're gonna look to get him on the field. Him and Wentz, Alshon and Wentz didn't ever didn't ever have the rapport that Foles and Alshon did. So I, I just I don't know if I want to gamble on him as like my wide receiver too at this point. Like I'd rather take other guys like to gamble on. What are your thoughts on Jeffrey, Chris? Uh, I used to love really really love Alshon Jeffrey, but I agree with Lee's assessment. He just doesn't get enough of the the shares going around that they've got too many weapons. I like Jeffrey, but I think I like him closer to wide receiver 30 range. I think he's about six spots too high. I would rather go with youth and no injury history personally. Uh, I would like to take a flyer on like Calvin Ridley. or That's not really a flyer. Calvin Ridley delivered the, the production, but I would probably go with one of them over, over Jeffrey and let somebody else kind of go that route. So at number 23, we're getting close to the end of our rankings here. We have Sammy Watkins. So no, this is going to be a very no, polarizing no, draft no, pick no. in Sammy Watkins. We don't know 
What's going on with Tyreek Hill? It looks like he's going to be at camp. So at one point this year, a suspension could be looming or happen for Tyreek Hill. So he could be the wide receiver one purely there. So Chris has said no seven times already. So I think we know what he thinks. Lee, if it's there, you're at 23. This is your wide receiver two. What are you doing? So I'm gonna, if I have my crystal ball and I can see into the future that he plays 16 games and all of those games are without Tyreek Hill and he's on the field, he is probably my wide receiver 14. Um, again, looking into my crystal ball, he plays 16 games, he's fully healthy, and Tyreek Hill's there. This is probably the spot I want to draft him, if not a little higher. But because we don't know that and because of the extensive injury, injury history – He's got to be closer to 32 for me. It's just, yeah. it's just a little too high. I agree. I feel the same way about Sammy that I do about Jeffrey. I'm going to take youth and guys without the injury history over him. I feel bad for Sammy. From from everything you hear, he's a good guy and all that stuff. Well, he's getting paid, so I don't feel well, too bad. Well, I, I just meant for a production standpoint, the injuries have just killed that guy's career. I mean, he just killed him. Well, he's, he's still – yeah, he's, he's got the talent. He's showing, he flashed in Buffalo. Not really what. He flashed one game with the Rams, I think maybe two, that he looked like the guy that you wanted to have. And then, honestly, nothing really materialized too much last season no. with the Chiefs. So, a little bit. He had a couple relevant games. But we've got DJ Moore at 24. I like DJ Moore. I, man, would it would be really, really hard for me, though, to pick him at 24. I think because I I know that I've got my favorite receivers coming down the pipeline a little bit later with Robbie Anderson and Pettis. Well, not just that, but you also got so Mike Williams, passing. Jarvis Landry uh, coming up as well. I'm, I'm passing as well. What do you think, Lee? Are you passing on DJ Moore at this point, or Chris and I, stupid heads? You're not stupid heads. My, my one argument for DJ Moore, though, right here would be he's a wide receiver one in the seat of wide receiver twos, or at least we think he is. Okay. And Cam has shown that he will target a guy extensively. Like, I know he hasn't had – he's never had really an elite option. You know, he's had Calvin Benjamin for most of his career. And, and Steve, like, Greg Olson has been his main target. And Steve Smith and at Olson the end of his career. career. Oh, Steve Smith, exactly, at the end of his career. And I just think – I think G.J. Moore is a Steve Smith-like athlete, if you can put it all together. But the dude is just big and strong and fast and, bump and bounces off tackles. So if he can turn into, a, like, a, a receiver and an elite route runner – then I think he could be a wide receiver one, and he could be – not sorry, he'll be the wide receiver one for Carolina and could be a high-end wide receiver too. Is Curtis Samuel the guy that our listeners should be targeting, though, since he's going to be so cheap, way, way down? Get, I think you can get both, honestly. Like, I think this is a good price for DJ Moore, honestly. Okay. Maybe a little too high. But Sam was obviously going right behind – Let's see, we'll look up right here. Where is he even? He's right behind like Fitzgerald, like Fitzgerald, D.D. Westbrook, Golden Tate. I would take him, I would probably take him right around Curtis Samuel, like 36, 37. And he could be a guy who's looked really good in camp and, and could become a sleeper this year. Number 25, Allen Robinson. Let's start with you, Chris. It's a good offense. He's the wide receiver one. What are we? What are we? Are we going to get more of what we got last year, or do you think he has the potential to outperform this? Well, I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury. Well, it wasn't last year, though. That's what it says, right? He played all last year. His a, his ACL was the year before with the Jags. 
He had a complete year last year. I think he missed one game from injury last year. Yeah, you're you're right. So you know, um, I don't I I I don't know enough about Allen Robinson personally. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know enough about it. It's the Bears. They finally got good last year. I mean, but I don't know much. Allen Robinson. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just kicking myself around. I know. I remember who Allen Robinson is now. Yeah. He played for the Jacks. Where's ACL? Came back to Chicago. I would take him at 25. Allen Robinson is, is a good wide receiver. I'm sorry. I fumbled all over myself. Twitterverse. I think uh, for me, and then we'll get into Lee's opinion. For me, Allen Robinson, I, I don't dislike him. But I think I would rather have almost every name that's listed after him for the next five people. Uh, ranked number 26, which I know we're not covering, is Calvin Ridley. 27 is Tyler Boyd. 28 is Jarvis Landry. 29 is Robbie Anderson. And 30 is Mike Williams. I think that I would pass on Allen Robinson and go after any one of those. Maybe Jarvis Landry's the one guy that I would might take Allen Robinson over. Lee, what are your thoughts on this grouping right here? Is Allen Robinson, are you taking these other guys, or are we liking the value there? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking those other guys. I mean... I think Allen Robinson, he showed in the playoffs last year, like he was absolutely dominant in that one game against the Eagles. Um, didn't matter, but that's a, that's a separate issue. Yeah. And what? He, um, he, he didn't really look like himself until like maybe that last game. And with the, like the resurgence, uh, or not the resurgence, but the up-and-coming Anthony Miller, who they like a lot in Chicago. Yes. Trey Burton might take a step up. They still have Tariq Cohen in the passing game. They're going to want to run the ball. Taylor Gabriel's just, there too, man. He's fantasy Taylor relevant. Taylor Gabriel's solid. Yeah, I don't know. Just Allen Robinson doesn't do it for me for whatever reason. What were you going to say, Chris? What is the hate on Jarvis Landry? Jarvis? There's no hate. He is... It, Freddie Kitchens is no, gonna I, no. His eighty. What is his ADP right there? What is he? What is Jarvis your, Landry's twenty eight? Why? The guy has had the best four year stretch of any receiver coming into the NFL because history. he fell off the map last year. Like He's, he. So Jarvis Landry. So it, it it's a Freddie Kitchens thing. It's not a Jarvis Landry thing. And Lee, please feel free to to chime in. So Kitchens spreads the ball around a lot. And Jarvis Landry has been nothing but a targeted machine, especially with Miami. And for the first, what, seven weeks with uh, Cleveland? And then when that changed, the value really wasn't there. I think he had one phenomenal week once Kitchens took over and Baker was the quarterback. So it's not that Jarvis Landry's not good. I think Jarvis Landry's a fine play. But I think the targets are going to be between you got Callaway, you got Njoku, you got Duke Johnson still there, you got Chubb. Kitchens is going to throw it up. Lee. Feel free to chime in. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the Jarvis Landry well, talk that we the, got? It's the same thing as the Rams. Sorry to cut you off, Lee, but it's the same thing as the Rams. The Rams have got Woods, Cup, uh, Cooks, Gurley. They've got just as many weapons. Then you got the Vikings that have Dalvin Cook. They've got Diggs. They've got Thielen. They've got weapons. They've got the tight end. It's the same situation, but why Why isn't this? He had Yeah, he had one bad, a bad half of the season, but the guy set has the NFL record for catches and yards First four years of his career. Well, the Rams also were in the Super Bowl, and the Browns won seven games. Well, the Browns, my also, argument. The Browns also won 70%, 700% more games than they did the year before. And how many catches did he have when they were winning all their games? I don't know. It was not a lot. So when the Browns went from being a losing team and firing their coach, he was not receiving the ball when they were winning. It was Chubb pounding the ball, and it was everybody equally catching passes. Lee, chime in now, sir. Yeah, I'm going to... I don't want to cop out, but <laughs> it just when you when you add 
one of the best receivers in football to the to the offense, it kind of changes things up, and it, you really can't take a lot from last year, just because I, I don't know what like, you could say. You could make the argument that Odell is going to take all those targets, and you know Jarvis won't even get any or won't won't get as many. Or you can make the argument that he'll see even better targets and about the same, just because the pressure will be taken off him. So I think that I wouldn't fault you for taking him right around like after Lockett at 22, and I wouldn't fault you for taking him at 32. You know, after Marvin Jones, or not really, not that far, but like right around the Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson area. He's just not really a touchdown guy, unfortunately. Uh, never really has been. He's just a high volume catch guy. He's almost like Julian Edelman. And I'm confident enough, enough to, if I compare the two players, to know that what I've seen of the offense of the Patriots, that the targets are going to be there. I don't know if they're going to be there with, with Jarvis. So, you know, when I when I say I like a player or don't, you know, I've said this on every podcast, I always treat it like it's my income, like it's my money, and I, I'm telling you to make the decision based on what I would do. And I just, I had him last year on the team I won a championship on. So I, I'm not hating, but I also saw the shift. I saw what he started off as, and then I saw what ended up happening whenever Kitchens was going full and, and, and developed this, this offense. Now, is Kitchens going to grow as a play caller? Sure. He's a rookie too, right? Is Odell going to make it where he has better, more open looks because he's not the wide receiver one? Absolutely. So just like Lee said, you can play, you can play every in there. Is Jarvis Landry a bad pick in fantasy football? No, he's not. But I'm looking at Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, Dante Pettis, maybe even a guy like Christian Kirk in a team that's going to get a lot of receptions and going to be on the field a lot more from what we're hearing. And I might want one of those guys over where he's grouped at at number 28. And I could be completely wrong with that. I really could. I mean, I mean I'm just looking at Jarvis's stats from last year. Last year was his second highest average yards per catch. Of his career, other and it was only by point one yards, and he had the least amount of catches of his career last year at eighty one. He still had nine hundred seventy six yards, average twelve, four touchdowns. Okay, I mean I I I don't I, yeah so I mean yeah the the catches fall, fell off from what he would have gotten when he was in Miami. I can, I'll give you that if you're playing full PPR or half PPR like we're going through right here. I just. I just think he's undervalued. I think he's really, really undervalued. And I don't disagree with that, but here's what I'm going to pull up. So let's let's look at right now. I'm, I'm on my computer, and I'm going to go weeks 12 through 17 wide receiver rankings on Fantasy Pros from last year. Okay. Okay? So let's look at this, gentlemen. And a lot of times you can see trends, especially when something changed. What changed the last half of the season was the coach, and what also changed was uh, – the play calling because the coach changed and he was the he became the offensive play caller. So let's go. I said week twelve, right? So let's go right now. Let's see where Jarvis Landry ranked. So when we're ranking our receivers from twelve to seventeen, the number one receiver in the league is Amari Cooper. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Three, Julio Jones. We could keep going and going and going. Mike Williams was a top ten receiver. We just mentioned that name. I said I liked him over Jarvis Landry was number twelve. So you're looking at he averaged about 10.4 fantasy points from weeks 12 to 17. That's in standard is what it defaulted to. Let's default it to 0.5 real quick. And let's see what, what that changes, if, if anything. 
He's still number 12 with 12.4 at that range. So he's a wide receiver one. He was a wide receiver one under that. Yeah, that's, see, that's that's my second, that's that's my point. I don't think he's an elite wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's had the, a great four year, you know, five years of his career. Um, I just don't get how he's being drafted so low. That was my that was my whole argument. Not that he's an elite like elite elite wide receiver. Right. But I just think his value is too low. No, and that's why I pulled it up. That's one hundred percent why I just pulled up the rankings for the end of the season because, like I said, I. Won a championship in one league, and it was Robbie Anderson and Jarvis Landry was my wide receiver one and two that week. So I don't, I don't hate the player. I just know that they spread it around. But 12, 12 is there, so I'll put pie on my face there. I would, I would take him a little bit higher than what people are. So, real quick, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on CreatorRank.com, brought to you by the guys at CPMC. This service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and createarank.com slash product slash CPMC. So in closing, before we finish the pod up today, Lee has three wide receivers that we're going to debate. So, Lee, the floor is now yours, sir. Perfect. I was going to scroll through. I forget exactly which three we were talking about. Pull it up. So, do you remember <laughs> off the top of your head, or should I just I'll look back real quick? Oh, I can get it for you. Yeah, no problem, man. So, did you want to add anything about, let's see. So, let's pull this up. So, the receivers are, it's the Robbie Anderson range, is what we were debating. It's three guys oh, right no, there. It's, it's Calvin Ridley, you're right. Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, and Tyler Lockett. There we go, right there. Okay, so let's let's. This is your Huckleberry, so let's start with that. Yeah. So just um, what I wanted to do was a little bit um, keep drop trade. Okay. So you guys think about if you haven't already thought already about which your, you know, who would you rather keep? Who would you rather drop? Who would you rather trade based on perceived value, how you value them? Or whatever. So, do you guys have it? Zach, you want to start off? Or? So, it's Anderson, Lockett, Williams? No. What no, are the three? Ridley, Williams, and Lockett. Ridley, Williams, and Lockett. Okay. I'm going to keep Mike Williams. That's my that's my guy out of those three. I think Mike... I'm, I'm keeping Mike Williams, too. I think he's got number one written all over him coming up. I like him a lot, man. I do, too. I'm going to cut Ridley... And that's only because of the ADP. I love the player, and I think he's a. I think he's great. I think their offense is going to be awesome. And then I'm going to trade Lockett. I'm going to cut Lockett and trade Ridley. What do you think? Do you have any, so why do you guys disagree then? Why do you think? Well, for me, I think with Lockett, it's exactly the the stats that I've looked up. Um, I've been studying uh, for Creator Rank. I've been helping fact find and uh, giving interesting stats to put on our Twitter. And I ran across that completion percentage with Russell Wilson and Lockett. And their target share is just going to go up um, for Lockett. I think if anybody's kind of down on him, maybe they're thinking that Metcalf's going to be better than what he might be in his first year. And for me, the only reason I'm saying I'm cutting Ridley is because I will not own him because I'm drafting other people because I think his price is too high. Chris, what do you, what do you, what is your two cents? For me, like we were talking about earlier in the rankings, I think I think Lockett is a, is more of a gimmick player. He gets the majority of his yards and catches on third downs. 
when Russell's running from the pocket. I just, uh, yeah, he's got a great completion percentage. I can't, I can't dispute that. If if you say it's number one, it's number one. I still just think he's a gimmick player. He's okay. Yeah, I mean, that should... I'd actually, um, I would cut. I don't know. I want to say I'd cut whoever has the least value, perceived value between Ridley and Williams. But I, I say I probably would cut Williams because I think he's still the lowest of the bump. I do like him in Dynasty, and I do think he might break out this year. But they still got Keenan Allen there, Hunter Henry. For Ridley, Ridley I, I think is like his double move is probably the best I've ever seen in, in the league. Just the way that he, he sells those fakes and runs routes. Right. Love him as a player. Still got Julio Jones there. So Lockett for me is wide receiver one on his team. Going to get some better targets in the slot. Could see a target. I think should see a target increase, especially with not a not proven number two yet. And yeah, so that, that's my, uh, my two cents. You want to see a guy that can run routes? Look up Jerry Judy running routes from Alabama. Oh, yeah. Well, he's another level, obviously. That, yeah, that is his ridiculous route running. Dude's in college, and he just puts people on their ass. That was, that was tough. That was That's three three really. I mean, honestly, I like all three players. I would not want to cut or trade any of them. I would be okay having all three, honestly, on my fantasy lineup. So that was a good topic. Uh, for me, like I said, is I'm looking at which one is the wide receiver one and can get me the more, most value. So that's why I'm trading Lockett, because I think that he could have a good week and that would be a player that you absolutely could because of the the coach speak, because of what's happening, because of the stats I mentioned. And he's surefire going to have an awesome week next season. I think that's the guy you could trade and get the best value for, where Julio is a target monster and always will be. And that doesn't do anything to take away from Ridley. But it's just, it, it's it's there. And like we said on the rankings just now, I'm taking probably three or four guys above where Ridley's at right now is is the way I think of it. So, fellas, that is the pod for this week. Uh, Anything you want to add in closing, Lee? No. uh, Thanks for listening, everyone, who's uh, going to check this out. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Chris, anything you want to add? Yeah, uh, no, just thanks, thanks thanks for tuning in and listening to what we have to say. And if you like it, let us know. If you... Don't like it? Let us know. We need to know. That's how we grow the show. Right on. Uh, Next week, we're going to continue talking about running backs. We are going to do running backs 26 through 40. We're going to break those down, and that's really going to be nitty-gritty, so that'll be fun, talking about some of the running backs that could possibly be league winners and who you should stay away from, maybe even some lottery ticket talk. And uh, as always, we'll do the news, and we'll try to debate some more players. You can always follow us on Twitter to hear what we're talking about and see what goes on in our everyday lives. I am at Chew on Sports. This is Zach. Chris is at CTemp03. And Lee is at Dynasty Dingo. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to keep bringing the content your way so that you can win your league. Remember, you win in June. Start now. Peace.